Extra Loud Mornings Catch up Alright, so we know one of the most popular New Year's resolutions is to get fit, lose weight, whatever it might be. Whether it's from the pandemic or just from the holiday season, maybe you want to just start cleaning up the way you eat, just get back on track, maybe you don't feel yourself. If you are not in this category at all, totally cool. I just want to say as well that you've got to do it for your health. If you don't feel healthy and you don't feel like you're doing the right things for your body, then maybe this is the self-care session that you need to have a listen to. And if you are feeling yourself and you are loving exactly where you are and you don't particularly need to do anything, that's 100% fine as well, regardless of what the scale says. Now that I've cleared that up, let's move on. I'm joined by registered dietitian and spokesperson for the Association for Dietetics in South Africa, Lila Brook. Thanks so much for joining us on 5. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, Lila, I always want to be careful when it comes to talking about diets and diet culture. It's so triggering and it, I find it such a toxic environment, especially for, I want to say, younger people. We've got social media in our faces all the time. Ooh, the the high leg bikinis. Now we're showing our bums. Like the guys need to have the the the, the look like this. There's a lot of pressure out there. Um, if I do if I do want to attain that, if that is something I'm going for, I want to be lean. I want to be strong. I want to be healthy. I want my insides to be as good as my outsides. Sure. Is there like a one size fits all diet approach for people, or is it really personal? So it definitely is extremely, extremely personal. Everybody's specific circumstances, whether it's related to genetics, their activity levels, their lifestyle, etc., all of that will have a direct impact in terms of what is the best way of eating for them. Not only in terms of weight loss or fitness, but just in terms of overall health as well. Hmm. So certainly everybody really is an individual for sure. Okay, so when you, I mean, magazines used to do this a lot. We don't really do magazines that much, but it was like, mm. oh, the best diet to blah, blah, blah. And I was just like, I used to eat that stuff up, man. I used to eat that stuff up. Oh, the best diet for skinny legs. Woo, the way I was trying to get rid of these thighs with a, with a porridge diet, I tell you. Um, yes. so, so with that said, there are some diets that I'm doing inverted commas with my fingers not that you can see but there are some mm-hmm. diets that people swear up and down by and I wanted to yes. run them by you if you could give us like a, a thumbs up or a thumbs down definitely alright how do we feel about um, keto diets so I really do believe that just as you know we were just discussing everything everybody's different everyone mm-hmm. is has their own situation so therefore, I do believe that if something works for, works for someone, it works for them, and I'm not going to take that away from them. Having said that, with keto, you know, the thing is that it's not necessarily sustainable for most people. It can only really be effective if you commit to basically really avoiding starch forever, mm. and who's never going to have a piece of cake or a piece of bread again? It's highly unlikely. And then you have to start all over again if you do. So it's just very, very unsustainable and I think it puts people in a very difficult mindset where they have to struggle to maintain what they're doing indefinitely or else they felt that they failed Mm. so I don't like any sort of way of eating that really forces you into that restrictive mindset speaking of restrictive mindset another Mm -hmm. one that I've also seen oh they they love oh especially the the influencers on Instagram they love this Mm -hmm. one um the oh what are they called intermittent fasting ah yes Intermittent fasting is definitely having its moment at the moment. Ooh, shining bright. <laughs> um, so, 
once again, different things work for different people. I do think that there can be a place for intermittent fasting. There is some research behind it to show that it may have some positive role to play. Having said that, I do at the same time think that it's often done in a negative way and people often tend to abuse the process in that initially they may have results because they're actually creating that calorie deficit that they would have usually been having in a more breakfast. Mm. Now by eliminating breakfast, they're cutting out the calories that they would have then and therefore they'll end up losing weight. But as time goes on, their calories for the rest of the day tend to increase. So they no longer have the calorie deficit and therefore either they stop losing weight or actually even start gaining weight as a result. So it's very much, unless it's done in a very, very careful way, the results once again are often not sustainable and often backfire as well. I mean, to me, it just sounds like don't eat, make sure you're hungry, you've got this amount of time. Like it's forced mm. starvation. It's time, mm. timed starvation. Yeah. Yes. Well, yes. I mean, I agree with you. For some people, breakfast is not a priority. And for those people, that's absolutely fine. But for those people who rely on breakfast and yeah. it does, they do really need it, it's, it definitely is not advisable. I mean, on the topic, is breakfast not the most important meal of the day? Or is it very? Well, it also, once again, depends on the person. Really? I actually find, yeah, I find that lunch is actually the biggest determinant in terms of how well the rest of the day will go. Ah. Breakfast is important in terms of that it often is a important time for a source of fiber, and people generally tend to have fruit then, um, get protein in, etc. So it, it is an opportunity for a balanced meal and to get those necessary nutrients. Mm. But I find that lunch is the biggest determinant in terms of whether people will sort of snack a lot after dinner or even when they get home from work. So if lunch is balanced, that actually helps a lot for the rest of the day, more than breakfast, I find. Yeah. Spoken about keto, spoken about intermittent fasting. Uh, What is another fad diet or diet that's having a moment that you would like to address or or chat about? Well, definitely veganism is still very, very big at the moment. Um, Is that a a diet or is that not like a lifestyle choice? Because to me that veganism is like, it's a conscious, depends. To me it's like, I don't want to eat animals because I love animals or I don't want to, it's like, so it's not really like a... Completely, I completely agree with you. Um, Although there are people doing it for very varied reasons. So, yeah, it definitely used to be. I mean, if we're talking about five years ago or more, it definitely used to be related to more of um, sort of whether it's animal cruelty or environmental, etc. But there's definitely been a shift over the last about two or three years towards veganism being preferred as a as a way of eating for weight loss or for performance benefits and exercise. Um, and it's no longer just about um, sort of just cruelty to animals. Hmm. However, having said that, there isn't really any sort of reason to be vegan if it's for weight loss. If your concern is ecological, perfect. Yeah. But it's not, you're not going to necessarily lose weight by being vegan. So it's not necessarily... Right. It, it doesn't really serve much purpose. Because if you eat 20 kilograms of potatoes, it's still <laughs> a lot of calories. It does Just because there's no meat exactly. or dairy or eggs in it doesn't mean that it's going to be better for you than, you know, like, I don't know, slabs of chocolate exactly. with dairy. Okay. Exactly. Calories are calories. I love this exactly. conversation. If you've got a question, pop it through. We're going to carry on chatting to Lila. Um... 0825505151, voice note or type it out. Um, carrying on the conversation, but you've got to get your question in ASAP. We've gone through the things that maybe aren't exactly right or the fad diets. Next, we're going to be chatting about the way to actually go about doing it. If you are wanting to lose weight, if you are wanting to slash off some of the, the pandemic weight or the holiday weight that just seem to 
pounce on you. Uh, we will get, hopefully, the most appropriate way for us to do that in the next few right here on 5. It's 5 Extra Loud Mornings. That is Gail with ABCDEFU. All right, time for us to check out what's happening in our second installment of a self-care session. All right, so we're carrying on our conversation. We're talking weight things. I've got registered dietitian and spokesperson for the Association for Dietetics in South Africa, Lila Brook. Uh, Lila, do have some questions coming through. I think they are relevant. Um, let's start with some of the quick ones. Um, banting, mm-hmm. yay or nay? So banting will be the same as keto. Once again, depends on the person. I do find that generally is quite unsustainable, but if someone can commit to that and it works for them, it can have a place in their lifestyle fantastic and then got this one um, which is a voice note I'm pretty sure you should be able to hear it mm-hmm. um, I picked up so much weight because I was a size 2 and I basically went to a size Okay, a two is like a 24. Yeah. And I went to like a 38. A factor in losing weight. Wow, that's a good question. Does does stress, affect, does stress affect weight loss? So stress can definitely affect weight loss because the hormone cortisol, which is a stress-related hormone, it increases when you're stressed. That does have a tendency to cause more fat storage, especially in the abdominal area. So it can definitely affect weight loss. But um, what I'm also thinking, though, is that it can definitely be the case that even if one thinks someone is eating correctly and exercising correctly, there can still be a bit of a discrepancy between how many calories maybe Tamsin is consuming versus how many she's spending through exercise. Mm. So it could be a case of that maybe there needs to be a better look at sort of portion control. Otherwise, if someone is really struggling with their weight, it's always a good idea to check their hormones in terms of, say, for example, their their thyroid levels, and they can also check their cortisol levels, Mm. because your thyroid can really have a direct impact in terms of your metabolism and how that functions. Um, There was, um, she mentioned, oh, something else I wanted to ask. When, I think this is something that we do, I don't want to say as women particularly, but we'll say like, oh, I was this age and I was this Mm. weight. When is like your stable weight? Like, should you be looking at like, when I was 18, I was this weight, so therefore that should be like my goal weight. Or when I was 22, 23, 24, 25, 26, like what is the age where we should stabilize the hormones and the growing and and be like, okay, this is my ideal weight. Or this is like where, I don't know. It stops. So the theory, the theory is that whatever your weight is, the age of eighteen, that one should say that weight within five kilos. Eight. Wait, eighteen. No, Lila. The theory. The theory. That that obviously (laughs) factors like pregnancy, menopause, all these sorts of things are going to play a role. And I think also as women. We can't put much pressure on ourselves to always be a certain weight or to look the same as we did at a certain age, regardless of what the theoretical <laughs> sort of thing is. Yeah. So, yes, that is in theory. But I think we also need to be kind to ourselves and be realistic in terms of that. Yes, it's not only a case of having a child that's going to affect your body directly, but also the lifestyle change that's around it. Yes. You're not going to have the same amount of time to exercise as you did. Mm. You're not going to have as much sleep as you did, which is once again affects cortisol levels. You're not going to be able to just sort of, you know, eat what you want. There'll be other sort of elements to it. And I think it's important to also embrace that and to be realistic. Mm. 
A hundred percent. And I think if anything, if you if you do want to do something and you think there might be like a cortisol issue or um may like you're not sure on like what is healthy because what's healthy for somebody else might not necessarily like I had a friend who was as as small as anything and literally lived on macaroni and cheese. <laughs> lived on macaroni I couldn't look at macaroni and cheese and I can already feel the the kilos just piling on like honest to goodness and she just that's all she ate bro and I'm not even talking the nice kind like it was done in the microwave and no nutrition but just like body like a banging body was chowing this up doesn't work for everyone so I would suggest seeing a dietitian, right someone who's yes. trained in this to help yes, you with definitely. your body and what's best for definitely. your body because we're not all the same definitely and also the thing is that it's important to not compare oneself to one's friends because genetics play a role for them you have people who just naturally that's how their bodies are mm. and you know like it's, and also we don't know what to eat in the rest of the day so maybe she was having macaroni and cheese for that one meal but she was having very small portions for example mm. um, but ultimately yes it does come down to calories if you take in more calories than you burn you'll gain weight and vice versa so it can be a case of that Maybe she was very active or whatever mm, it may be. Mm. But the point is that the calorie balance that she was creating was allowing her to maintain her weight in that way. But once again, everybody's different. And very often someone will want to be a certain weight because their friend is that weight or a celebrity is that weight. But it doesn't mean that it's right for them or right for their body. Um, last question here. Um, uh. Is there, are there allergies or food sensitivities that can make you gain weight? No, definitely not. <laughs> that is a, definitely a fallacy. Um, so, yes, everybody sort of has genetic um, predispositions in terms of how their body reacts, say, to fat versus carbohydrates. So some people are better adapted at handling fat, where some are better adapted to carbohydrates. So that's definitely the case. But it's not a case of that if you have milk, you're going to gain weight or anything along those lines. Oh, I mean, more like, milk, I mean more like gluten intolerance, things like that. Yes. Gluten tolerance doesn't cause weight gain. Really? Um, no. Okay. So cutting out gluten is not going to make you lose weight, except if that means that you're eating less sort of cake and biscuits, maybe. Mm. But then it's because of the calories from those donuts, not because it's gluten. There we go. I think that's a good way for us to wrap it up. Um, Lila, if somebody wants to get in touch with a good dietitian, what are some of the things that you think people should look out for? Because, hey, man, everyone's a professional in something these days, but sure. it's sometimes just from the internet. Um, well, to, yes. <laughs> It's definitely important to make sure that it is a dietitian um, because there are a lot of people who are in the weight loss industry that don't necessarily have qualifications, whereas a dietitian is a registered nutrition professional. We study for four or five years, depending mm. on the course. Mm. We do community service, etc. Um, so that's important. And if they would like to look for a dietitian in the area, they can go to the Association for Dietetics in South Africa website, which is ADSA, not ABSA the bank, but ADSA with a D for dog, ADSA.org.za. Mm-hmm. Um, and they can check out their, they can find a dietitian in their area and um, yeah, someone that hopefully can work for them and suit their needs. Beautiful. Uh, Lila, thank you so much for your time. Really appreciate it. Have a beautiful rest of your day and if you want to have catch up on this and other chats like it, you can go to 5fm.co.za and go to catch ups, look for Extra Loud Mornings. It's registered dietitian and spokesperson for the Association for Dietetics in South Africa, Lila Brook. They really knocked it out of the park with this one. It's Neon Dreams with Mtandazo Gatya on five extra loud mornings. Does it make you just feel good? It's a feel-good song, hey? It is a feel-good song. It's called Say It Out Loud, taking us to nine o'clock. Big thanks again to Lila Brooke. Um, and if you do 
want to catch up on that, it will be on 5fm.co.za. Catch up on some of the best moments from Extra Loud Mornings by going to 5fm's catch-up page at 5fm.co.za.